0: after a hair disaster at the salon she then owned that Carmen Tal when on a subsequent trip to Israel, went to remedy the hair disaster, that she came across the miracle product that is Moroccan oil. She saw the opportunity to take the product global and in 10 years the brand has become a cult beauty must-have and one of Sephora's best-selling hair brands raved about by beauty editors, models and its thousands of worldwide customers alike. Carmen Tal, welcome to your Sherlock's success story. Thank you for having me. We're thrilled to have you. You're celebrating your 10-year anniversary with Moroccan Oil, which you launched in 2008. But before we get on to Moroccan Oil, what were you doing up until then? What did your career been? Did you study? Did you go to university?
1: So just before Moroccan Oil, I was a stay-at-home mum. Okay, I have three children, so they were going to school, and I was home before that, I had come to Canada, specifically to Montreal in my twenties. that was mid eighties <laughs> and I started a career in fashion, so right. I was in charge of flagship store. I was a manager, I was a buyer, so I was pretty much in the fashion industry most of the time that I've been in Montreal.
0: And how did you get into the fashion industry? Did you just start on the shop floor
1: actually. I didn't have many choices because Montreal is a bilingual city and I had come to Canada to study English. And you're from Chile? I am from Chile. I come from a very small town near Viña del Mar, which is a larger city that people might know. And then I went to Montreal.
0: So you ended up working in retail, you worked on the shop floor, you progressed to be a buyer... Yes. And how did you get from the shop floor to being a buyer? Uh, everyone wants to be a buyer. uh,
1: Absolutely. I think at the time, you know, there were a lot of opportunities. And the fact that I couldn't speak English properly didn't give me many opportunities. So when this opportunity came around, I took it because after you go to school, you need to make a living. So that was my only chance, pretty much. And I loved it. I had no idea that I had so much passion for fashion and everything that has to do with customer. Service. So I guess it's just what you put in in your work that pays off. Like I was working extra hours and I was very, very enthusiastic about what I did. And I think people see that and they offer you opportunities. And at the time, you know, to become a buyer or to become a store manager, it didn't require a degree, it required just energy that knows how to, yeah and you know, a little bit of taste for fashion and, yeah. and understand the business. So your career.
0: In fashion mm-hmm. did that come to an end when you had children
1: yes it did because my maternal instinct actually Kicked was in. stronger than the fashion and I wanted to have children since I was very very young and finally I had this amazing opportunity and I decided to take it so you had three children yes and so talk us through when
0: Moroccan oil came into your life how did you discover the oil? What came first? Did you decide you wanted to start a business or did you discover this oil and decide that had to be a business? It was so good you had to turn it into
1: something. Actually I had a misfortune kind of happening to my hair. At the time I had a little salon in Montreal. I was the owner of a salon and one of the people working at the salon coloured my hair and made a big mess. I could really do nothing with my hair and I had scheduled a trip to Israel. So you
0: had children (laughs) and then
1: what you opened a salon Yes, what happened is that my children started to go into school full time and I had a lot of time in my hand and I never been really a quiet person to stay home and have a coffee with my friends and all that. I needed to do something and the opportunity came that my hairdresser needed a little bit of funding to open a salon and I figure the salon was two blocks away from my house. I the schedule was very flexible and I thought it was lovely because I love hair and I do my hair and I would have my hair done for free. <laughs> little I I knew that it was so challenging to be an owner of a salon. It's one of the most challenging business. Really? And why be. was that? You know you rely on hairdressers and you rely on customers and it's challenging. So were
0: you running it? Were you there day to day running the show? Yes. I was
1: there doing the payments and doing the buying. <laughs>
0: All the graft. Managing your team of hairdressers. One of whom wasn't that talented because they coloured your hair that badly.
1: There you go. Actually she was one of the most talented and in the past she did beautiful work. I don't know what happened at that moment that she just made a mess. I think it's, you know, I believe in the universe putting things in front of you.
0: There was a reason why you had a hair disaster.
1: 100%. I was preparing to discover the morocanol treatment that changed my life and many other people's lives. So you
0: came out of the hairdresser with this disastrous hair. Yes. And what happened next?
1: I decided not to cut my hair because it was really a mess and I decided to go with my hair messy as it was and wait to see what could happen. So when I went to Israel, my sister-in-law recommended that I go to this tiny little salon, and the hairdresser just applied this Moroccan treatment in my hair and treated it with a mask. And the results were like, wow! It blew my mind, and this is amazing. I never had anything like this.
0: And what had happened to your hair? Was it a bad color? Had the texture gone bad? What had she actually done? This hairdresser that had got it so wrong.
1: A bad color could be like a disastrous thing. It could be that the chemical reaction. Action is so heavy that breaks to the head and makes it like a straw so dry and brittle and dull no shine and nobody nothing mm-hmm. so the head is a complete disaster so that's what happened to me all of that so you
0: tried this moroccan oil treatment in israel in this tiny little
1: hairdresser and was it called moroccan oil it was called something different in israel what the translation would be Oil of Morocco, but they would say it in Hebrew. I I wouldn't know how to say it. (laughs) And then they had a mask and they had another little product from the same brand. I was very nicely surprised to find such an incredible product that did such an amazing job to damage hair like that.
0: So that was your eureka moment, was it? You walked out this little hairdresser and you thought, I've got to take this product and I've got to do something with it.
1: Nope, actually I wasn't thinking anything because I was just going through the process of selling my salon because it was such a difficult business and I had decided... I'm done with this. I have to move on to something else in life. So when I was leaving the salon, the hairdresser said to me, take a bottle with you and continue the treatments at home and take it to your hairdresser. And he explained to me how to use it. And this was an oil? The Moroccan oil treatment. Yeah. So I took the two bottles home. So before I left the salon, he said, if you take it to Canada, you can make a little money. And I said, "Okay." So I went home, back to Montreal, and I took it to my hairdresser, and he was in immediately in love with the product because it made his work so much easier. It detangled the head and it made it shiny and the clients loved it. So, you know, then I said, this is something. And I asked my husband at the time, I'm divorced now, to call the company to figure maybe we can have the distribution from Montreal. Maybe I can start a new business. And He pretty much put me down and said, I'm sorry, but I'm not doing business with you again because the salon business didn't work out that well. So he didn't want to buy into it. And I insisted for about six months until finally one good day, he had to go to Israel for business. And I asked him if he could possibly speak to the people. And luckily that he did. So he was very surprised to see that, in Tel Aviv, most of the salon would prefer to use the Moroccan oil treatment as a styling product instead of a bigger brand, like a L'Oreal, Carastas, any other of the brand, because of the results were incredible. So he comes home and he tells me, here you have it. Now, what are you going to do with it? We have the distribution for North America. And I go, okay. <laughs> so you tried to figure it out, how are you going to market this? So I started my research and a couple of my friends helped me out a little bit with the research. And we came up with the marketing strategy, how we're going to sell it, how we're going to distribute it. So was the brand and the
0: branding as it was then? Right? No, absolutely. Totally. So you said you were the distributor, but you own Moroccan oil now. Yes. What's the ingredient that makes Moroccan oil Moroccan oil?
1: It's actually not an ingredient. I think you're referring to the argan oil yes. as the proprietary ingredient that is in all the products, but it is actually, the argan treatment is a formulation that is just incredible. I think it's the way it's formulated. I always compare it to a cooking, you know, I might give you a recipe for a fantastic cake. You might make it at home and it might not come out the same way that my cake because maybe I just stir it in a different way or I put the flour uh, Sifted instead of just like you know by the spoonful, I think is the formula that makes this product so incredible, and it's it's a secret formula for us.
0: But did you buy the brand from this hairdresser in Tel Aviv? Where were they getting it from, or did you launch something new?
1: No. What happened is the manufacturer in Israel was a very very small factory, and when they realized that the North American market is so large. They didn't have, obviously, the funds to continue or the knows how to continue. And we offered them to buy their facilities. And they took the offer. So we took over and we opened a completely different facility in the north of Israel. So it's still manufactured
0: in Israel? Yeah,
1: the Moroccan treatment and I think about 80% of the products are manufactured in Israel. So
0: you brought it to North America and how did you launch it there and what
1: did you launch with? What was the first product? The first product was the Moroccan al-Treatment and we had only that product for about a year. So we went door to door to salons in Montreal without knowing what was going to happen we gave 10 ml sample Mm -hmm. and asked the people to try it and give us their opinion and we were like what this going to be is it going to be a total success or a total failure so for about two weeks we waited and waited and what well, was incredible that the people that went to give the samples to the salons were friends of mine that had nothing to do with the industry. They were no salespeople. One of them was my fitness trainer, mm-hmm. who is still with us to this day. And the other one was a person that I know who is an artist, and she wasn't working at the time. So, so I, you just
0: roped in anyone. Yeah, I see. listen, and everyone.
1: I mean, what do you need? You know, like my experience in life is go for things and, you know, If you believe in something, just put everything you got and people are going to believe that, especially today, that you need transparency, you need to be authentic. So you took them their
0: 10 mil sample
1: and did they like it? They love it. So after two or three weeks, we started receiving phone calls and people would go, can I buy this? And sure, you can buy this. So we started selling it and it was so fast. And this was to salons? To salons, yes.
0: And had you created new branding? The name was Moroccanor, but had you rebranded and packaged?
1: We had to do the whole branding, the whole marketing strategy. So because we had only one product, first thing was changing the label. We made a decision to keep it in the Glass amber bottle for several reasons. First of all, it's beautiful. It's very appealing. And then it also protects the product from the sunlight. So we decided on that. And then we needed to decide on the label, the colors, the name. And all that So my husband and I would think and talk and figure and look at magazines. and So he was again. on board by this time? Yes, we worked together for quite a bit. For about four years, we were working together. So he did the business part and I did the creative part and uh, so dream so yeah
0: it was for good. a while um, <laughs> so they wanted more these salons yes. and you gave them all you had the product produced ready and waiting to go and you said you had the Moroccan oil treatment for a year what came next
1: what came next the mask the hydrating mask it is the same formula that it was then and then the hydrating styling cream those were the three products that we had for another year And what was beautiful about this is that in an industry that is saturated with so many products, so many brands have like 20, 30, these coming with three products that are so effective was Mm. very interesting for the salons Mm. because, you know, first of all, products that work and you don't have to spend so much money putting them in the shelves and moving them fast was very interesting. And interesting
0: that you offered them one product. Yes. And they had the response that they did. Because people normally say, don't they, three is the sort of sweet spot to launch with. When you acquired the brand from the manufacturers in Tel Aviv, how many existing products did you acquire?
1: We just acquired the Moroccan Treatment and again, a year later, they came up with the hydrating styling cream and the mask. So it was pretty much the Moroccan treatment for for a long time.
0: And how did you fund the business from the beginning? Did you have investors in those early days? Because producing product is an expensive business.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times We were lucky that we had enough finances because we started small. You know, at the end of the day, it was just one product and we didn't have like thousands of accounts. You know, it was a handful of accounts and slowly we grew the business. So by the time that we bought the factory, we were nicely funded.
0: And tell us a bit more about that early growth. So you said you had this great response from the salons and then you bought a couple more products. In the sort of first few years, what did the trajectory look like and how did you grow
1: it? So Ophirn, is my ex, had the genius idea of going to a trade show. And it was the first trade show that we ever did, Javi Center in New York. And we had to put a booth together and a whole team of people together. And you have to feature one product. So it is a little bit challenging. But we managed to do a beautiful booth and we had beautiful people working and beauty attracts beauty you know mm-hmm. like it's it's incredible how people were gravitating around the the booth and Then at that show, we opened the first distribution in New Jersey, and after that distribution came other distributors, California, Chicago, and that was a very fast. I mean, when I look back, I think, oh my God, how did we do this? It was a marathon, because everybody wanted to carry the brand.
0: At that point, were distributors distributing it to salons, or were you in retail outlets as well at this point? Were you in stores?
1: Since the very beginning, the decision was to go professional because we believe that the hairdresser is the authority when it comes to hair. And that was always their goal, to go with the distribution. So it was only a professional product.
0: And why do you think it took off so quickly? I mean, you had a great product and you had gorgeous people in your booth at the trade show. But is there anything else you did marketing-wise in those early years that you think... Is really key to the fact that it, it was a. It's a business that's grown so quickly.
1: This is funny. This is a question that comes all the time, and uh, everyone it, wants
0: to know what you did. And I know, it. but
1: it's like it's incredible that there is not an answer because there are many factors to success. I truly believe in having good luck, and I think that plays a big role. And somebody said the other day to me, there are two things in life that makes. A business successful. Good good luck, or very good luck. <laughs> and I think at the time that we came into the market, we were at the right time, at the right place. Everything was right. So maybe meant to be, I mean, we worked very hard. The product was incredible. Would I say is the product that was incredible? Yes. Was the marketing strategy good? Yes. So this is a combination of factors. And what you know? was the
0: marketing strategy?
1: Uh, going to the salon professional. And go with one product only, give a good size sample of 10 ml. So the hairdresser had a good opportunity to at least try it with two, three heads and really understand the product. I think that was a great approach.
0: I'm interested that you haven't put yourself out there to really market your brand. And in a lot of ways, I'm in admiration of that because you can maintain your privacy. But equally, we're in a time where you can be a real commodity for your brand. Do you feel like in doing this and being here now, you're kind of ready to put yourself out there for the benefit of the business?
1: I believe that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I think I do well working with my team of people. I have incredible people helping me and I want to keep it that way.
0: You've got this team of incredible people. What have you looked for in them? Is there a method to how you've recruited such a good team? the universe
1: mm-hmm. you just put it out there and they come <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes I think of we need somebody in a particular position and we just talk about it and suddenly you meet somebody who knows somebody or you know we interview the right person it just happens and I mean
0: the hair care market is a busy market like like most there's a lot of competition how do you think you stood out
1: We didn't have competition. At the time, there was no oil-infused products for the hair. Nobody wanted to put oil in the hair. So we came up with this incredible concept of having a product that is so versatile, that is incredible nourishing for the hair. So there was no competition. There was nobody that was making products with argan oil. No one was called Moroccan oil, so we were the first. Amazing.
0: And you're from Chile, you discover the product in Israel, the business is in America. With that as a backstory, did you set out from the beginning to target women from all races and with all different hair textures and styles?
1: That's the idea. I mean, ideally is that the product is for all hair types, depending on how you use it. At the beginning, it was very much for the Thick and manageable hair, more the Latin American, the Italians, Greek, African American hair. So we had to break the norm because most of the people thought it was more for ethnic hair. The fact that it came from Israel, that it was called Moroccan oil, you know. So it was, we had to campaign a lot to make it for all hair types.
0: And you've talked a bit about your strategy being wholesale to
1: salons.
0: At what point did retail come into play? When did you start offering it directly to the consumer?
1: Actually, the retail part was always there. It was sold at the salon, but the intention was that the consumer would request it and buy it at the salon. So to us, it was always kind of a retail right. product. Right. So we only went to Sephora, which is the retail in North America, about two years ago, but we had also strategy because we don't want to upset the salon, we want to make sure because it's still a professional product. So we had a really good strategy as to just sell travel sizes. You know, slowly we have managed to be successful at the retail without upsetting the salon industry.
0: And today, what proportion of your sales comes from salons versus retail? Is it is it half and half? Is it no, more in salons? No,
1: Salon is the biggest. It's the biggest, the is biggest. it still? 100%. Amazing. absolutely Probably 75% of the business come from their wow. professional.
0: And tell us about the range today. So you're 10 years on. What does the range look like you've got
1: the original Moroccan oil treatment what else is there how many products oh my god we have about 28 products wow and it's constantly changing because you know the trends change the industry changes uh, technology changes so we're constantly looking at continuing the amazing products that we create so for now it's 28 tomorrow I don't know (laughs) are they still manufactured in Israel Uh, most of it about 70 to 80 percent of the products are manufactured. in Some products are in France in Canada and the United States. And the products are sold internationally? Internationally, 68 countries. Wow, amazing.
0: And how do you manage that? How big is your team? What are your responsibilities?
1: We have three offices, Tel Aviv, Montreal and New York. And we have a little office in Japan for the Asian market.
0: Is that a big market for you?
1: Growing. It's a little bit more difficult to go into the Asian market because they're very specific for their needs and their products. So we are in those three offices. My part of the business is I take care of marketing, Everything that is creative, product development, I don't look at numbers, I don't look at paying bills or hiring (laughs) employees, that's not, I I do the fun part of the business. Uh And that's been very successful because I find that when you have to constantly worry about your finances or how you're going to do the sales strategy, you start losing your creativity or, you know, your foot in the real Mm. part of this. So that's been very good for us, that, you know, we keep the you know the creative separated from the finances. I only get involved in the finances when I'm spending too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what are the best selling products today? The Moroccan oil treatment, of course. Yes. Of those twenty eight, what else performs really well? What Head- can't people live without?
1: Uh, I, well, the Moroccan oil treatment, one of the best sellers. Head spray, dry shampoos are incredible. Hydrating Styling Cream is still a fantastic product, hairdressers and clients buy it, shampoos are great.
0: And what's your favourite? If you could only use one of your products forever, what would it be?
1: In between the Moroccan Oil Treatment and the Hydrating Styling Cream, I think I would go for the Moroccan Oil Treatment.
0: And how do you keep innovating? I mean, the industry is moving so fast. How do you keep going and coming up with new ideas?
1: We have a lot of creative people. We have an education team. Most of the time it's sales that bring information from the field, from the salons, the marketing team in New York, the product development team. We go to trade shows. We're constantly looking at even the trends in hair styles because, you know, when and the lifestyles of people, you know, the dry shampoo is fairly new in yeah. the industry and it's because the women are busy they go How to live we team. live without it? Exactly so if you talk 10 years ago was there dry shampoo? I don't think there was a dry shampoo in the market mm. so I think it's constantly changing and it's fantastic because it gives an opportunity to continue growing.
0: It makes such sense that you've got all these sales agents in the field and they're in tune with what people want and yes. and what's selling and have you exceeded far more than you thought or did you always have this vision for sort of world domination in the hair market
1: no idea actually this came as a surprise that we became so successful i always see it as a bonus (laughs) that the success came i was just interested in bringing this product to life that would sell that i never thought of a number like or how big would it be so honestly it's been a blessing all the way from the very beginning And you're one of
0: Sephora's
1: top-selling haircare brands.
0: And you've done all this in 10 years. It's incredible. Do you think you always had this entrepreneurial
1: streak in you? Always, since I was very young. And that helps a lot, that you focus on that that's what you want to do and you want to make it happen and you believe in that and that's your goal.
0: And do you think it's been easier because... And I'm interested in this because I interviewed someone else who had acquired quite an immature company if you want a better description and it has gone on to be a mega mega brand do you think it's easier to go out there and look for a smaller business acquire it and then take that as opposed to starting something from scratch
1: I think both are today equally not easy to achieve, but I think we live in a world of opportunities. I think we are changing so much every day that even today, sometimes I think of something, and if I had the energy to go and do it, I would, but I'm just too busy with Moroccan oil and life in general that I wouldn't do it. But I think anyone can either start from scratch or buy a startup company that, you know, they see an opportunity there and continue
0: And what would you advise other women thinking about starting their own business? Has it been an easy journey? Do you have any time for your personal life? Would you do it all over again? I would do it all over again. Would Um, you advise other women
1: to do it too? Absolutely. As long as you know what drives you is that passion for what you do. I don't think it you know the money comes to me as a bonus. It's just a reward for what you're doing. If you really believe in what you're doing go for it but whatever you do go informed and hopefully you won't have financial issues along the way because it takes away a lot of the fun building a business.
0: And do you feel that it's getting easier for women? I mean you've juggled being a mother with running a business do you
1: think as time goes by it's getting easier for us i have two daughters and a son and you know my oldest daughter went to an old girls school barnard college of columbia in new york and she actually opened my eyes to realize that You know, we are moving up. Women are really getting there. And if you look at women in business, there are a lot of incredible women.
0: Well, that brings me on nicely to your Inspired by Women movement. Tell me about that.
1: Yes. We started that platform a few years ago for two reasons. I mean, first, we'd always been inspired by women because we women use hair products and we do our hair. And secondly, because we believe that women should be more empowered. And through this platform, we have portrayed these incredible girls that are not really globally known, and they're doing amazing things. And through our Inspired by Women campaign, they have touched millions of other people and other women that want to do things, and they don't have the courage to do it because they think, well, I'm not big enough, or I'm not known enough, or, and it's not that. You know, you just have to go and do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been fantastic for us and we are expanding the campaign and I cannot tell you many details but for next year we are doing it globally because now it's only based in the USA but for next year it's going to be a very nice surprise
0: exciting you talk about just getting on and doing it it feels like it's been relatively straightforward for you but what hasn't been straightforward what have been the difficult moments in growing this business
1: Difficult moments have been not spending enough time with my children. That's always, as a woman, I think is the biggest burden that we carry because it's just your maternal instinct. I have managed, though, to spend, you know, quality time with them. And they're very and most children don't
0: resent their parents, I don't think. I think it's we as women that give ourselves the hard time. Yes, actually, they never... Our children are, are quite
1: inspired and impressed by it all. And yeah. They never, never say, oh, cares. my God, I wish it would have been... No, never, never been. But it's me that yeah. feels that yeah. way. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't have a lot of challenges. Maybe at the beginning when people were negative and they would make comments such as, why would you go in the industry when it's so saturated? Or you're gonna have a glass bottle? You crazy? That wouldn't work in the salon and negative comments. But I never listened to anyone anyway. So we just went for whatever we thought it was right. And you, I'm gut and, and you have today. to follow in. You know, like I think we. That's one of the biggest problems that women have is to hide that voice. Like, we don't listen to that voice. And every time that you don't listen to that voice, things don't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have to be alert and aware of, you know, that inner you that tells mm-hmm. you this is right, this is wrong. And that worked for me very well. And mm-hmm. even today, I we just having a conversation the other day, I believe that the universe sends you, you know, even it could be like a bad thing, like what happened to my hair. Little I knew that... Owning that little salon would prepare me for this. That damaging my hair will make me find this product. And <laughs> you have to have that. Everything happens for yeah, a reason. Yeah,
0: 100%. Everything happens for a reason. And your gut instinct stands you in pretty good stead. I think that's a good place to end. Carmen, thank you oh, so much nice. <laughs> for joining us. And congratulations on creating such a cult... Iconic product in you know as little as ten years and you know true and real global domination. It's really quite a feat. Thank, Thank you. you very Thank much. You so much. Thank you. <laughs> That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.